Hello and welcome to the Today Not Tomorrow podcast. My name is Oscar Isaacson and this podcast is brought to you by CrossFit TNT. Today we're doing a Q&A episode. We got a lot of great questions on Instagram yesterday, so we're going to jump into those right away. The first question is, are you going to keep the stash? This stash, I did not keep it. It's gone already. I had a little quarantine beard going for a few days and then just tried a couple different styles as I uh, got rid of it. It was not appreciated, so I had to let it go. Uh, it wasn't appreciated by uh, Courtney, but I had a lot of other people reach out to me saying it uh, it looked pretty good. So I just want to say to you guys, uh, thank you very much for the support. I got a couple of pictures of you guys doing some handlebars as well. So maybe we'll do that some other time. Um, November is always something to look forward to. So I'm sure we'll do it again sometime. Second question. What's the one piece of equipment that you miss uh, the most? Uh, and what's the one piece of equipment that you don't miss at all? To be honest with you, we've been sneaking into the gym. We've been doing uh, a few smaller updates and just getting some work done in general and doing workouts as well, as you've seen on the vlog. I've been able to get on the machines. If I weren't able to get into the gym at all, stuff that I would miss would be a sturdy pull-up bar. I'm sure a lot of people kind of notice that they can do a lot of exercising with air squats and push-ups and running and burpees, but finding a way to practice upper body pulling is kind of hard to do unless you have uh, a ton of uh, dumbbells or good weights at home. So a pull-up bar, that would be one thing. And Something I've been spending a ton of time on is the reverse hyper. I don't have any low back issues, but that thing just makes you feel great. And it's insurance uh, to make sure that your back stays feeling great as well too. So it's just like brushing your teeth. It's not something you do once you have a cavity. It's just something that you do all the time. And the reverse hyper, that would be something I'd miss if I wasn't able to get into the gym. The one thing that I do obviously miss is the group class, the camaraderie, having the coach telling you what to do so you can just shut your brain off and follow along. You get way more stuff done. Everybody's been doing a great job getting their at-home workouts done, but I'm sure everybody realizes the value of uh, having that group, having that coach, and following the program. You get so much done in 45 minutes, an hour, and I'm uh, hoping that we get to get back to that soon. The third question is, why is it so hard to put on muscle mass. Muscle mass is really hard to put on. It takes time. You're actually uh, building proteins. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Some people think they can put on muscle in no time whatsoever. They think that, oh, if I look at a dumbbell, I'll put on uh, several pounds of weight. That's not how it works. For you to put on as much muscle as possible, if that is your goal, then being in a calorie surplus is something that's going to be beneficial for you. It's not mandatory, but it's going to help speed things up. So if your goal is to put on as much muscle as possible, then eating uh, more as long as working out is going to help doing that for sure. The focus should also be towards the lifting side of things. If your goal is to put on as much muscle as possible, but you're running every day, you're biking every day, you're swimming every day, it needs to be more of a focus on the muscle building part. That doesn't mean that you can't do any endurance work whatsoever. You have type 2 muscle fibers, which are very explosive. You practice uh, weightlifting, and that's going to make those muscles bigger. But you also have type 1 muscle fibers. That's the more uh, endurance type muscle fibers. And when you do endurance activities, those muscles actually get bigger as well. So weightlifting doesn't just have to be 1, 2, and 3 rep. It should be 5s, 8s, 12s, 20s, and maybe even more reps than that. So... 
Endurance work should be a part of your fitness routine, but if your goal is to put on as much muscle as possible, it should be slightly biased towards more lifting and more food. Question number four, why do we usually lift before doing cardio? So our usual setup at the gym, we'll do lifting, we'll do our deadlifts, our clean and jerks, our back squats before knocking out the burpees, the rowing, um, the running, biking, whatever it is for that day. The main purpose is to get stronger and how you get stronger is by lifting more weight and you're going to lift more weight when you're more uh, energized and fresh and that's going to be at the beginning of the session. Uh, Nine out of ten times, that's what we're going to focus on. That's what we're going to do. If you focus on strength, we're going to do that first while we're fresh. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to lift heavy when you're tired. Your technique is uh, should be good at all times too, but especially if we're doing heavy front squats or heavy uh, lifting, you want your technique to be as dialed in as possible, and that is easier to do if you're not super tired from pushing the sled and doing burpees right before. So that's why we usually lift before doing our cardio. It's for putting more emphasis on lifting more weight and to have better technique. Question number five, how many days a week should I work out? You should work out seven days a week. There shouldn't be a day of the week where you do absolutely nothing and you don't get off the couch or out of the bed. That is not good for you. Motion is lotion. Your body needs to move. Otherwise, you're going to feel slow, sluggish, and tired. Momentum is everything, and you want to keep that movement, that exercise momentum always going. When you take a rest day, when you take a second one, a third day, Each day you take off, it gets a little bit tougher to get back into the gym. So you always want to have that exercise momentum going. You don't want every day to be a tough workout though. Some workouts should be tough and then some workouts should be easier. Maybe it's a little bit of yoga. Maybe it's a bike ride. Maybe it's some hiking. When you first start out, let's say uh, we've got Sally. She hasn't worked out in 10 years. She's looking to lose 20 pounds. If she starts off by working out two days a week and she's seeing results, She doesn't need to do uh, more than that. Once the progress slows down a little bit, which it always does when you go from being uh, a new beginner to a little bit more experienced person, the results slow down a little bit. That's when she can go to three days of working out and then four days of working out and then five days of working out. If you're someone that's been working out for a long time, your training age uh, is a little bit higher and you have some uh, some decent performances, you shouldn't be working out tough or going after grueling workouts more than five days a week. So five days is plenty of you pushing it in the gym. Those other two days should be easier rest days. But it's all up to what your goals are, how much time you want to spend in the gym, The goal is to do as little working out as possible while you're still seeing results. So for Rich Froning, that's going to be a ton of working out. For Sally, that's not going to be a whole lot of working out. And then once you stall out, once you don't see results, that's where you can add in a little bit extra practice, add in a little bit extra lifting or training to put you over that edge. Question number six, what can members do to help open the gym sooner rather than later? There's not a whole lot we can do at this point unless uh, you're a member and you're the governor of Missouri. You can help us out. But uh, if you're not, we're just going to have to sit tight and wait a little bit. We're going to follow the rules. We're taking this thing very seriously. But our goal is also to get back into the gym. 
We feel confident that we can clean the place like crazy. We have thousands of square feet in there. The classes are very small. We can maintain the distance, the cleanliness, and still make sure that we take care of our health and fitness and we do it in a smart way. So if you're a member, there's not a whole lot that you can do to open sooner. Once we do open though, you just gotta follow those procedures we have put in place with the class sizes, the keeping the distance, the new rules that we have that we're gonna follow for uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, but that's what you can do right there. Something else that you can do that a lot of people have done and that we're th thankful for is keeping their membership going at this time. That means a lot to us. That means that once we're allowed to open back up, we can open back up again too. There's going to be a ton of gyms that are never going to open back up again too. Um, just the other day in the news, I saw a ton of gold gyms were going to get shut down. 24-hour uh, fitness is going uh, into bankruptcy. There's a lot of things going to happen in the gym industry. And most of our members have been super supportive and they kept paying their membership even though we're closed. And that makes a huge difference and that's going to allow us to open back up as soon as we're uh, able to open back up again. Question number seven, power dot or a massage gun? So a power dot, that's an EMS unit. You slap it on uh, the muscle. It gives you a little shock. Muscle contracts and that's supposed to help with circulation. The massage gun gives you that very pinpointed pressure on a muscle. Both of these, I'm sure they work fine. I'm sure they give some short-term relief. I haven't messed around with them a whole lot, so I can't say I like this one better than the other one. Both of these options uh, probably help you a little bit, but I'm pretty confident that uh, any benefit that you'd get from both of these uh, tools, you would get the same from just going on a 10-minute walk in terms of um, getting circulation, getting the trash out, bringing the groceries back in. And with the massage gun, I'm not a huge fan of the way it feels. Um, it it kind of feels a little bit artificial. I don't know if it's great for the muscle. You probably want to do just a little bit, but if it's something that you're doing for 10 minutes straight or really um, brutalizing a muscle that's already tender, I don't think that's a great thing to do. I've seen some of the prices on those massage guns are pretty high up there, but Courtney, she found one uh, for a great deal. So if you're looking to get one, I wouldn't pay the, the 500 bucks that you might see out there somewhere. Uh, shoot me an email and I'll send you the link to the one that we got, but... I'm not a huge fan of them, but I'm not saying that they aren't great either. Uh, I'm a big fan of doing the work yourself. So putting your own hands on the calf if they're tight is going to work just as well. Or going for a 10-minute walk is going to give you just as much, if not more, benefit than um, shocking your muscles while laying on the couch. Question number eight. What changes have you made at the gym? We've done a few smaller tweaks at the gym, nothing major. We have rearranged a few things. We have decluttered a little bit as well. We've gotten a little bit of fresh paint on a few things. We might have fixed a uh, big hole in the wall where someone did wall balls. But other than that, you're going to recognize the gym when you come in. Any changes that we've made is something that's going to help increase the uh, improve the flow of the class. It's going to make things easier to clean, to store, and to see what's going on. So overall, it's looking pretty tidy as usual. And no major changes as of now. Question number nine. Energy system hierarchy. Why is the first minute of a row sprint so easy? 
So one minute of sprinting on the rower, that's probably about 30 seconds of all-out work since on the rower, when you pull back, that's when you put the effort in and not when you're going forward, there's not a lot happening. If you do a 30-second sprint on a bike, which is about the same amount of work, that is called a Wingate test. And that's what they use in exercise science to measure your anaerobic power and endurance. Anaerobic just means that you can utilize the energy that you have stored in your muscles without any oxygen. So those 30 seconds might be fine, but you pay the price afterwards. Afterwards, you're going to feel your heart rate going up like crazy. You're going to feel your muscles screaming at you like crazy. But you have that flip. Uh, you have that switch that you can flip and really turn it on for 30 seconds all out. That is uh, stored energy that's just sitting ready to go. But you don't have a whole lot of that. If, you, if you'd if you keep that uh, pace going, then you would win any uh, 800 meter race, any 5K race, any marathon. If you could just keep going without slowing down. So that is a little bit of borrowed time. Those 30 seconds, that minute might be easy in uh, quotation marks. But at the end of it, that's when you pay the price. And that's when you got to go through using the oxygen to restore what you have on board. That's going to take several minutes if you did the sprint uh, at a really good pace. Question number 10. What is the most underrated piece of equipment at the gym? The most underrated piece of equipment at the gym is the crossover uh, symmetry system. This is our shoulder prehab and rehab system that helps with your posture and your shoulder health. This is so important. People spend all day sitting at a desk, sitting in their car, sitting there at their table eating. People don't put their arms up overhead. People don't walk around with good posture. This is vital to uh, exercising, to fitness, to being well-rounded. If you grab people off the street, we talked about these studies before, how common it is for people to have uh, structural deformities to their shoulder. This is not all bad, but this is definitely something that you need to be on top of. If you can fight that terrible posture with your shoulders going forward, your hands in front of your pockets instead of by the side, it would make you feel better. It will make you uh, look better and it will make you perform better. Let's say we have 180 members at the gym. How many people go in and always start off their session by knocking out a few reps on the crossover symmetry? Maybe five people, five to 10 people tops. Uh, that should be every single person at the gym should come in and do a couple exercises on the crossover symmetry. And the fact that no one's uh, doing that shows that it's the most underrated piece of equipment at the gym. Question number 11. I've been working out for a while and my weight loss have plateaued. What do I do? First of all, a plateau isn't when you go from uh, Monday to Tuesday without losing weight or even if you go from Wednesday to Friday. A plateau is uh, your weight not moving whatsoever for more than two weeks. So if it's five days, if it's 10 days, if it's a week, that's not a plateau. A plateau is a minimum of two weeks of nothing happening. If your goal is weight loss, then um, what that means is your goal is fat loss. You don't want to lose any muscle. You can lose fat and uh, maintain or build muscle at the same time. So while stepping on the scale is a great tool to see how much you weigh, 
you also need to be doing some uh, progress photos in uh, progress photos maybe so you can compare before and after you need to do some measurements around your waist your arms your legs whatever so you can see maybe the weight stays the same but your body is still changing at the same time Every now and then we do the dunk tanks at the gym. That's a great way to see what's happening on the inside. Or if you go to a uh, supplement superstores, a lot of those guys uh, have a scanner you can stop on there, the in-body scanner. Those things have gotten way more accurate the last couple of years. So that's another way you can kind of measure to see what's going on. So first of all, uh, two weeks, that's the bare minimum. Otherwise, it's not a plateau. Uh, make sure that you're looking at other measurements too and not just the weight but uh, check the waist uh, check what notch you're on on the belt all those things matter as well you got to keep tabs on that stuff you have a couple options you can try and increase the amount of time you spend working out uh, that's the probably the most uh, used strategy but that's not always something that's going to be feasible maybe you're working out five days already and you don't have another day to work out you're maxed out on time the most bang for your buck is going to be on the eating side you might not be tracking things uh, at all if you're not tracking things at all that's a good time to start if you are tracking things then you need to try and uh, review how you're tracking things are you being accurate are you uh, guessing things are you leaving things out are you um telling yourself that tablespoon of peanut butter was just a tablespoon of peanut butter when it was closer to half a cup of peanut butter. So uh, you need to be tracking things. And if you are tracking things, you need to be even more dialed in. This is something that happens to uh, some people. If you've been dieting, let's say you've been dieting for uh, four months, for six months, you've been steadily losing weight. It started off faster at first and now it's slowing down a little bit. At that point, you can take a short break from dieting. And that doesn't mean you can spend two weeks eating uh, as much as you want, everything that you want. It just means that you can temporarily raise yourself up a little bit. This is called a diet break. And this has been shown in studies to be very effective because your body gets used to running on the lower calories, especially if you're a smaller person, you're not going to need as much. So taking a temporary break from dieting, let's say you've been consistent for four months, for six months, raising up your calories a little bit, taking two weeks at a slightly easier pace, nothing too crazy, and then bringing it back down again. That is something that's going to help you through uh, a plateau as well. But that is not something that you need to worry about if it's been two days and you haven't seen any weight loss or if you've only been um, trying to lose weight for a couple of weeks, this is something that happens much further into a longer weight loss journey. Thank you for all those great questions. Have a great day. Good luck with the workout and I'll see you at the gym soon.